Did you know that some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side-by-side, -side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. When I'm not hosting this podcast, I am writing books, but it is really hard for me to write when I'm at home, so I like to find remote cabins in the middle of nowhere to just hang out and write. But I hate the idea of my house just sitting empty, doing nothing but collecting dust and definitely not collecting checks. And that's why I'm an Airbnb host. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. Other popular side hustles are awesome too, don't get me wrong, but they often involve big startup costs. By hosting your space, you're monetizing what you already have access to. It doesn't get easier than that. And if you're new to the side hustle game and you're anxious about getting started, don't worry because you're not in this alone. Airbnb makes it super easy to host. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth a lot more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host. I'm Nicole Lappin, the only financial expert you don't need a dictionary to understand. It's time for some money rehab. Oh, typos. We have all made them in work emails. I know I've said, give me a sex instead of give me a sec an awkward amount of times. But normally when it comes to typos, the worst case scenario is you're kind of embarrassed. But for Lyft, a typo this week led to a market cap decline of over $2 billion. When we did an encore over the weekend of the Money Rehab episode with Lyft co-founder and former president John Zimmer, I had no idea that days later Lyft would be smack dab in the middle of headlines. Here's what happened. We're in the thick of earnings season, the time when public companies report to investors how they did financially over the last quarter. These earnings calls can have a big impact on the company's stock price. Now, if you invest in index funds or ETFs, my favorites, earnings calls won't affect your investments very much because index funds and ETFs shelter you from all of these fluctuations of one given stock. That's the whole point. But if you invest in specific companies, you will certainly be affected by their earnings calls. And if you're a day trader, then earnings season is your time to shine or not. Buying and selling a company stock around earnings is a popular move for day traders, especially buying and selling stock options, which is a trading move that is essentially betting the price will go in a particular direction after the earnings call. The payoff can be big, but it's far more likely that you will lose money, especially if you're a novice. Now, there are some obvious announcements that can affect a stock price. Like if a company reports lower measures of financial success, the stock price goes down. If a company reports higher, the stock price goes up. This is what happened to Lyft. Kinda. On Tuesday, the company shared their earnings release that they were expecting one of their profit margins to expand by 500 basis points in 2024. Now, a basis point is a weird finance term that represents one one hundredth of a percentage. Why do we have to know this? Well, I'll circle back to it in a second, but for now, let me just translate. When Lyft said they were expecting one of their profit margins to grow by 500 basis points, they were saying they were expecting a 5% growth. So basically, take that decimal point and scooch it over over two places and you get 5.00%. The stock market loved this news and as a result their stock shot up 60%. But that 5% growth? 
That was a typo. Lyft's CFO had to clarify that they were actually only expecting the increase to be 50 basis points, not 500. 50 basis points is 0.5%. That is a very, very different picture than 5%. And that's why we need to know basis points, ladies and gentlemen. The clarification from Lyft's CFO caused the stock to plummet, erasing over $2 billion in market cap. Quick dictionary note here, market cap, short for market capitalization, provides investors with insights into a company's size relative to other companies, and often investors will use market cap as a measurement of value. This crazy story, though, is such an excellent cautionary tale for trying to play investing games around earnings reports, because there are all sorts of factors that will affect stock prices that we can never, ever predict. If it were not for this typo, Lyft would have had an awesome week. Lyft actually reported a 4% or 400 basis point increase in revenue compared to the prior year. And that stat is actually accurate, thankfully. If this typo thing would have never happened, this good revenue news alone probably would have gotten them some love from the market and the price would have likely gone up. In fact, the news cycle recovered from Lyft's whoopsie and the day after the typo news broke, the stock did jump 35% to $16.30. 39 cents. It's the highest close in more than a year. But the market is just so sensitive. Trying to predict it is like trying to predict what I'm going to say when I'm hungry. And I can confirm I am very unpredictable in that state. And even though Lyft had a pretty graceful recovery from this super cringy moment, all I can hear as I think about this story is the exchange from my conversation with John Zimmer. Does it suck more now being a public company? I mean, it always sucks and there's always chaos and that's the only thing that's ultimately constant. But for a while, you weren't a public company, so you dealt with that between you and Logan, I suppose, and the rest of the team. But how did yeah. that change in the pressure being public? There, there are moments that suck more. I'd say like the fact that you have a external barometer that is, you know, goes up and down sometimes with extreme volatility related to external events as well as you know events specific to us that um that th that can be difficult but if you have a long-term view and you you don't let those things get to you too much and you just heads down operate i think overall it is a positive if you kind of blur your eyes on the short-term volatility and think about what the market is, you know, telling not only our company, but all of these companies, it might not always be a straight line trend of sharing these feedback. I think overall, it is it is helpful. And by going public, we were able to raise enough capital that allowed us to not need to raise any more capital uh, ever again. So overall, I'd say it's a positive, although yes, there are there are shitty or sucky periods. Is it possible to blur your eyes or put your blinders on or whatever? Like, how often do you check your stock price? Um, honestly. It is honestly more frequently than I should. Um, and so I'm probably looking at it every day. Part of it is I need to know what's happening because I'm, you know, we're managing a team that looks at it. Hopefully they don't look at it that frequently, but it is part of many of our team members' compensation. And I care very deeply about them having a good experience. Uh, and, and I care deeply about our ability to retain them. Um, and so it's, a, it's an important data point for me to understand and something we need to manage. But the blurry eyes comment is more about, okay, there's only so, like the things we control on it, I want to know about and I want to control. The things that are less in our control, 
I, I need to make sure I put more of uh, my energy and the team's energy into things that will drive long-term value for shareholders and for the overall mission. And how would you suggest, or maybe even take this advice yourself to kind of wean yourself away from the compulsion of constantly refreshing and refreshing if you're, let's say, an employee at a public company and a lot of your comp is involved in it, or if you're a new investor, you know, it's very cool to say you're a longtime customer of Lyft. Now you can buy the stock and now you're an investor. But how do you have boundaries? Yeah, I mean, I think I think just setting a a goal for your investment, just jumping into an investment without a, a goal is not ideal. So if your goal is over three years to see that stock go up X or Y percent because you believe it's undervalued or believe they can do A, B, or C, that is helpful to have that, okay, in three years, I'd like to see this type of return. And therefore, I really only need to check it literally every year. Now, I doubt people will, because their money's on the line, uh, it is a normal thing to want to check it. We had one investor who I won't name when uh, during our IPO, um, and they said, hey, just so you know, we're extremely long-term investors. We're probably not going to check your stock for the first few years. Um, Whatever. <laughs> no, this was this was Seriously? like this is like a certain like um, like certain institutional type of, institutional type of capital that actually I, I I do believe they do do that. Um, so for me, it's helpful as like most investors will not do that, and most people will not do that. But it's a helpful reminder that this institution has done extremely well because they are not paying attention to the volatility in the near term and that they are focused on their goal, which is long-term value creation. So every person will have to find their balance. We as investors can take a lesson from John. If you're diversified in lower risk investments like S&P 500 index funds and investing smart for the long term, you have to put your blinders on. You can't get off the roller coaster in the middle of the ride. For today's tip, you can take straight to the bank. If you're interested in getting into options trading, which again, I do not recommend for beginner investors, but if you're not going to listen to me and you're looking at options trading for a particular company, you should make sure you're paying close attention to the company's implied volatility around earnings season. If you're on a trading platform, implied volatility is going to be represented as the word Vega, V-E-G-A. Volatility is a factor that experienced traders can profit from, but it's a variable that can also screw you over if it doesn't go your way. So if the implied volatility is going up, proceed with caution, or better yet, don't proceed at all. You know my mantra, index funds and chill. Do you ever get FOMO, fear of missing out? Well, do you ever get FOMO Tupita, fear of missing out on the perfect hire? If so, I have the antidote. It's LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites, and that adds up to a serious squad of awesome candidates. LinkedIn has over a billion professionals on the platform, and these candidates are super qualified. So much so that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. I work with LinkedIn Jobs for all of my dream team needs, so they're hooking up money rehabbers at linkedin.com slash MNN. Go there and you can post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash MNN, as in Money News Network, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
Money rehabbers, you have money hidden in your house. Yeah, just hiding there in plain sight. Okay, so I don't mean you have gold bars hidden somewhere in walls, treasure map style, but you do have a money-making opportunity that you're just leaving on the table if you're not hosting on Airbnb. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. By hosting your space, you are monetizing what you already own. It doesn't get easier than that. For me, hosting on Airbnb has always been a no-brainer. When I first signed up, I remember thinking to myself, self, you pay a lot of money for your house. It is time that house returned the favor. And to get real with you for a sec, I felt so much guilt before treating myself on vacation because traveling can be so expensive. But since hosting on Airbnb, I feel zero stress for treating myself to a much needed vacation because having Airbnb guests stay at my house when I'm traveling helps offset the cost of my travel. So it's such a win-win. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Money Rehab is a production of Money News Network. I'm your host, Nicole Lappin. Money Rehab's executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. Our researcher is Emily Holmes. Do you need some money rehab? And let's be honest, we all do. So email us your money questions, moneyrehab at moneynewsnetwork.com to potentially have your questions answered on the show or even have a one-on-one intervention with me. And follow us on Instagram at moneynews and TikTok at moneynewsnetwork for exclusive video content. And lastly, thank you. No, seriously, thank you. Thank you for listening and for investing in yourself, which is the most important investment you can make.